All right. <laughs> so here we are from the birthplace of Betty White. I'm going to change it every week, but it is the birthplace of Betty White, Oak Park, Illinois. It's one of the things I love most about this village. And about Betty White. That's true. <laughs> no. <laughs> she lived here for Rest one year. Yeah, she was. But I'd like to think that it was formative uh, for her. Um, but this is the, the Footy Museum podcast. I am Justin Witte, and I'm joined by the Footy Museum co-director, Maria Van Dyke and Lee. Hi, Maria. Hi, Justin. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. And yeah, I mean, you're, Maria's a big Leeds fan. I so am. It's a big, it was kind of a big Leeds day today, wasn't it? It was, yeah. A bright and early game for the FA Cup, um, which they came out on top with... They have to always concede at least one goal. Yeah. It wouldn't be Leeds if you wouldn't concede at least one goal. They even the worst team though. ever. It doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, anything can happen and on what, a counterattack with Leeds. And what was that? The, who were who they playing again in the FA Cup? I've already forgotten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, the, it was one of those tiny. It was a tiny town. It was town. probably like a, a 5,000 seat stadium. It was adorable. <laughs> It was like the super idyllic village with like fog. Oh yeah, it was lovely. It was lovely. Jack Harrison had a nice goal, but the other um, other big new uh, Leeds news today. Oh yeah, do you have the name? (laughs) Accrington Stanley. Accrington is that like named after a, a business or a company or something? I don't know, but speaking of that, I do enjoy seeing like the local ads yes. in the tiny stadiums. <laughs> yes. It's very, um, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and then the other big news is that it, uh, Team USA in Leeds continues to grow, right? Mm-hmm. What's going on with that? <laughs> I've got, these are you're the man with the she news. She did not press. So yeah, Weston <laughs> McKenney from the U.S. Men's National Team will be joining his his teammates. Uh, uh, Brendan Aronson and, of course, Tyler Adams on Jesse Marsh's Leeds United. And also Chris Armas came in as assistant coach. So they just He's going all in on the Americans. It's like, this could be great for Americans in Europe or it could be It could disaster. be really bad. <laughs> I think I mean, Tyler Adams is okay no matter what. Yeah, Jesse Marsh likes to hang in the balance with that. It's like always a fight for, will this be the last of American coaches we see in the Premier League for 10 years? Yeah, Yeah. I think he's past the, I think he's past the point where, I feel like if he would, if they would have been relegated last year, it would have been a huge blow. Mm -hmm. But he, he, what, they got out of that, like in the last minute, it's like the first time that it it ever happened. Barely, it was the last day, it was crazy. But I, I think that now, if and when, we don't have to, you know, we're going into this way too long, but if he did get, if he, if he did lose his job at Leeds, I think it would be fine. It wouldn't have been as bad if they had been relegated last year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, last week we, in our first pod, we were talking and we spent a lot of time talking about crests and badges or, you know, whatever you want to call them. Pretty interesting. And we were talking this week, well, it might be a good idea for us to go a little more um, deep dive into some of these designs. And it's a great way to learn about different clubs and different supporter cultures, since that is so much of what the footy museum is about. Um, And so we're going to start this week and we've each picked a different club. um, And we're kind of going to, you know, talk a little bit about the background of the design of the crest and how it relates to the club. Who did you pick? I picked Juventus. Oh, Juventus. Juventus. Oh. One of... West McKinney's former yes, club. Yes, <laughs> former club. And what what spawned that d- decision? Um, well, they're in the news again. <laughs> For a scandal again. <laughs> um, and involving like... Okay, so basically what's happened um, is... It's been an ongoing scandal for a while, but um, Juventus has been penalized 15 points. Well, that's a lot. T- it's a lot of points. So they've dropped from third to 10th in the table. And um, it's all very complicated, but it has to do with issue that's been going on for several years where they've been accused of inflating player values to achieve capital gains. And Juventus is a publicly traded company, so that's what makes this kind of complicated and they were acquitted of those charges but 
that's only because it's impossible to objectively determine the value of a player. Um, and then there was this so they were inflating the value. They were, they were this cooking to, the books. They were basically. cooking the books. This yeah. has to do with Ronaldo as well. But then during COVID nineteen, everything they, has to do with Ronaldo. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> they were also secretly paying players who were taking a pay pause for four months, and they paid oh. them during that time. And because once again, it's a publicly traded company, um, this like equates to market manipulation somehow. Um, and, and so like, it's a big, all these things kind of add up. And so they were penalized the 15 points and what the fans have done is they've redesigned the, the logo type J to, instead of being like two parallel lines, they've taken one of them, the one on the right and turned it into more of a five. And so, and put a little minus mark in front of the logo. And so it's created a negative 15 with the Juventus logo so it's really fantastic play on that it's it's really great yeah for for anyone who doesn't know that the juventus's logo is a very minimal um graphic where it's just the kind of a double j right mm -hmm. and they they form a kind of the shape of a i guess you would call it a, a crest it's right? a half yeah so the first J has a little bit of the top, and then the other one is kind of echoing the shape. And then across the top, it says Juventus. It's very minimal. Uh, you know, Italian soccer, but it's so many clubs. You look at like what's happening with Barcelona and other teams like in Spain. Just the the attempts to keep up with state-run clubs like in England, like a Manchester mm. City, Um you kind of wonder if some of these historic clubs are going to survive in the, the way that they've gone about it. Maybe not the best in the case of Juventus, but Juventus, very long history. And when you start yes. looking at their badge, um, I'm imagining you found not only the history of the badge, but some other things out about the club. Oh my goodness. So, so let's hear about this, this badge a this, little bit. What's interesting going back, what I was surprised by, um, based on like their current logo, which has been called like the biggest redesign ever in football history. Okay. Based, except departing from their kind of classic badges. I was a little surprised by how consistent they've been over the huh. past century and a quarter. Okay. Um, so of course they're known for black and white, but they didn't start there. So they actually started out um, in 1897 with pink jerseys and it was uh it was one of it's one of the oldest Italian football clubs, second only to Genoa, um, and so what year? Eighteen ninety-seven. And they had pink jerseys, and they, I feel like pink is such like a contemporary. Yeah. So they were. I heard two stories. I heard that they were. Um, the, it was started by students, and I heard that it was maybe a holdover from their school uniform. Oh, okay. I also heard that they were made by somebody's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the one i choose because it does nothing to explain why they're pink they oh, also have they look like caterers <laughs> yeah they look like caterers and they have little ties which seems yes. so unsafe <laughs> like um one we're looking at a, a early photo and one gentleman is wearing a sash i guess this makes sense because they do they have throughout um, and continue to still have pink kits. Yes, so that's where and that comes thought, from. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where the pink comes from. It's, I don't know. Was it really pink, or is it just because like no, everyone uses the same photo we're looking at, which is clearly colorized? It was colorized. <laughs> no, I, I'm. Legend has it. It was pink. I think that's something that history, whether or not it was that color pink, that bubblegum pink, <laughs> we'll never know unless they probably have an original jersey somewhere, unless they didn't think to keep that. Yeah. What people used to think was appropriate athletic attire is yeah. pretty, or like the comfortable. Like. The tie is what gets me because it's, can you imagine wearing a tie oh now? Gosh. They don't, they don't let you wear like earrings now, no. even studs. They don't let you. Well, I doubt they're playing quite as intense no. as, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe they were. I don't want to, <laughs> no judgment. So the black and white um, stripe arrival is actually super interesting. It was 1903, and um, a couple stories about this too, why they wanted to change. But the main one I heard is that these 
pink jerseys were hard to launder. <laughs> Wait, what if they were white originally? And, and it then was just a sock. Long, and that the dad story would make sense then. Yeah. A dad just screwed up the team's laundry. Yeah. And they just went with it. Oh my God. Okay. So um a man who played for them, John Savage from England, they he wrote to some friends in Knotts County, England, um, asking them for some kits. And Knotts County used black and white kits. So they sent over their... Oh, my gosh. And Knotts County is the oldest professional association football club in the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they just sent their kit. They're like... They just sent their kit. And now, ever since then, they've had kind of this special relationship where it's like now Juventus, one of the most dominant teams in the world, and this very old but um, past their heyday... English club are like friends <laughs> and they've like come out to Juventus and played and um, uh, they were going through some trouble in 2016 and Juve actually tried to help them get some new kits and supply them with that but contractual agreements with um, Puma prevented them from oh, being able to do that. See. Um, there also seems to be a little confusion about animals with Juventus. Yeah. What, so what's going now on with we'll that? actually get into the crest. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the black and white from there. So in 1905 that, to 1921, that was their use of their very first crest, which was based on the, um, of course, the black and white stripes. Mm-hmm. And then it's in within this oval shield, which they used for most of the century. Um, Looks very regal. It's regal. Yeah. But um, with, what I learned was that with these European clubs, the shapes of the shields do have meanings. And the oval was used by, like, it's the ecclesiastical one. So it's used by clergy. So, oh. yeah. So they have within the shield, um, Juventus across the top in the, um, across the banner. And kind of, then, kind of like a third of the way down. Mm, a third yeah. of the way up. Uh, or, yeah, from the top. And two, then two thirds of the way up, one third <laughs> down. <laughs> Let's measure. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, and then below that is uh, another shield on, on top um, beneath the crown. And yeah. so that the animal within that is a bull. And that comes from the coat of arms of Turin, which is the city where they are located okay yeah it's a very tight i yeah. like the font of that first mm-hmm. just in, of the juventus it looks like a very nicely hand-drawn yes everything about it is very handmade and um ab- outside of the shield there's like scrolling elements um very ornate and then above that there's a ribbon with a motto on it mm-hmm. and that's in latin and it's from uh, a popular a quote from a popular christian theologian paulo de tarso and it means he does not receive the crown. He who does not play by the rules. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the irony is just beautiful. <laughs> and maybe that's why they dropped maybe it. Maybe why they dropped the crown. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, you know what? I was just thinking, you know that, that, that weird saying on our crest? Yeah, it's yeah. a little awkward. <laughs> Let's get rid of that. 1921 comes around and it's gone. He who cooks the 15 points. Oh my gosh. So very, yeah, almost very Mm -hmm. religious in a lot of ways. Um, And a little stuffy though, I have to say. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is stuffy. And you can see how that's evolved. Mm -hmm. So how did it go from there? So 21 through 29, it's pretty much the same except for they dropped the scrolling um, or the scroll elements from the outside, they dropped the motto. They just kept everything within the shield. But then they added blue and gold color-wise, um, which are on the original crest of the city. Okay. So that, I believe, is an homage to that. And um, it feels very 20s to me, which is really cool. I could see that now, though, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, still they still had the crown and the bull at that point. Yeah. But, it, but it's very... Very crisp. Very crisp. Very. Yeah. I can just see it like being in place in in, in like the Great Gatsby with all these twenties things. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how flashy Italy was in the twenties, but um, <laughs> we're coming hard yeah. in Italy today. I okay. Know. Sorry, Italy. <laughs> um, but then. 
like, oh, and that one, one includes the bull. But then 1929 to 31, <laughs> there's this like really interesting departure. And this has an interesting story. The, okay. We're back to black and white. Yes. We're still in the oval. No crown. No crown. No bull. Just a zebra. <laughs> I know, I it's a zebra. <laughs> and this this design was interesting, but kind of short lived. Um, and it has an interesting origin. What happened was. Um, there was a newspaper article by a journalist, Carlo Bergoglio. Um, my oh, Italian is oh, fluent. That, I just feel like I was transported. <laughs> oh my gosh. Carlo Bergoglio. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that one. Okay, yeah, sorry. that's another Maria classic. <laughs> um, so he wrote an article proposing that Italian teams start using animals as mascots. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure he called it out Juve for like already having the bull, but he suggested the use of a zebra because of its um, chromatic similarities to the black and yes. white. I, I mean, I like the playfulness of that. Mm, it is playful. It is playful. And you don't see, you don't see many zebras on um, sports logos or kit. I mean, it's not a normal, especially uh, one that's not in Europe. It looks anyway. like he's trying to be the Ferrari horse. Well, here's what's interesting <laughs> about that too, is because the, for the family that owns Ferrari, the Agnelli, my Italian again, <laughs> Agnelli family, um, took, I'm sure no one knows how to no, say nobody the name knows. of the family that owns Ferrari. So they won't. I don't know anything well. about cars. Um, so they, um, gained partial ownership and, started like in management roles in Juve in 1923. Okay. And this crest came around in 1929. And the Ferrari logo has been the same pretty much from the start. It's always been yeah. this horse. And so you just have to wonder like what's going on there. Well, there's gotta be some there's awareness gotta be. of it. Cause it's the exact same pose. And then it's, it's the fact that it's a zebra is kind of poking fun. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that this is my favorite one. The zebra one. Oh, yeah. I like this. Again, the simplified um, oval. They have the great, that great font. Mm -hmm. I think I just like the font because it almost has all the letters of my name in it. Oh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but the zebra is just. <laughs> How do you spell famous. Justin again? <laughs> J-U-V-E-N-T-U-S-I-N. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> And then, and then they kind of backtrack, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know what you feel about it. Yeah, so basically that one only lasted a couple of years. And then from 31 to 77, they go back to the classic um, gold and blue and stuff. But this time it's much more aggressive. Like they did a new type face with yeah. a swoopy angular J and S. The crown is huge. Yes. It has like um, towers on it. Now? Yeah. Okay. Well, another thing I learned in, um, while researching this is that the crowns on these crests symbolize like fortitude in cities and oh. towns. So it is meant to look wall-like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a fort. Okay. Um, but this bowl is... Very muscular. Very <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's one way to say it. It's lumpy. I would describe it as lumpy. <laughs> yeah. Generously it's muscular. Generously yeah. muscular. And oddly shaded. I think I appreciate the shading on this bowl, I have to say, because I think it's blocking out some other potentially lumpy elements. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true it, it, it could be uncomfortable if it were not for the shading i yeah. guess i'm more reacting to it there doesn't seem to be a clear understanding of where the light source is coming from oh, on this bowl yeah well that and with the crown yeah it's many directions oh, geez the yeah the crown's got some uh, perspective issues going on i mean looking at that one compared to really the previous two it's it's almost like they handed it off to maybe the owner's um kids or something really you think it's that bad I, th I, th I think it's pretty bad and they stuck with it for so long right they what, did what did you say till 77 Sel 31 to 77 oh my god at least from this source um that i'm on because i love that uh where i'm looking at this uh crest there's a description and it says the crown above the small blue secrets was enlarged and became really massive <laughs> <laughs> yes 
it's so it's massive. Really massive. Everything's massive on this one. Well, I think a lot of people must have hated it because they, again, went through a radical change, didn't they, after that? After that decades long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that. Yeah, so then they depart from the aggressive uh, uh, lumpy bull. <laughs> 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 the lumpy bulls. Uh-huh. Um, and in the 77 to 82 and then 82 to 89, they do this um, interesting uh, thing where they they get rid of the oval. Yeah. Um, which I couldn't find any uh, like fan reactions to this. Um, but if this was on social media in 77, I feel like there would be a really strong reaction yeah it's it's a pretty dramatic whether you like it or not dramatic change so it's this like um blurry <laughs> horse slash zebra people yeah. go back and forth on whether this is a horse or a zebra i think it's a zebra I because think it has to be the zebra it has a tuft it has yeah stripes the, the thicker neck and they've had the zebra before they've had the zebra before like, yeah so um but yeah, th- this one also is very Ferrari esque. Mm-hmm. This is the most Ferrari out of all the Ferrari is things. So it's like a silhouette of of the zebra, which we've decided. Mm-hmm. Above no the shield, name, no stripes, and then just a star. It's the star mm-hmm. from. Uh, this is interesting. From winning a major. <clears throat> so apparently, um, Juve was the first team to adopt a star as a symbol associated with a competition win. Oh, okay. And, yeah. w- and let's just go back to them winning their league, or was this a European competition? Um, from my understanding, they for every 10 league wins they have, they'll add a star. <laughs> that just shows you how parody has played out really over the year. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure um, what this particular, if this is the same as what I read, but um, that's as it stands now, I'm pretty sure for their... Uh, Serie A wins. They they have three stars now for thirty six wins. I do like the effect where it's it's like they took a silhouette of the zebra, and then they divided it up into lines, and then pulled the lines into yes. two different directions. So it's like um, it's a double image almost. It's like an and where inter- they overlap. It's what 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 are those pictures the, where you look at that the kind of move when you walk across them? What's uh, that called? Not holographic. holographic. No, the ones that kind of like shift. I uh, don't know, but what it reminds me of like is like an interlace. You know, shifty, shifty shift picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you look classic shifty yes, shifts. Yeah. we work in art world. <laughs> shifty shift pictures. It reminds me of like interlaced TV that's gone. The tuning is yes, off. Yes, that is a good description. Which feels very 80s. Yeah. So I, I like this one. I like the one from 82 to 89. Um, which has the Juventus above the yeah same same silhouette yeah. but now it's kind of and it's a little softer yeah and it's starting to it's starting to go back towards a circular shape mm-hmm. as well yes okay okay so then we hit eighty nine to two thousand four and um, this is one of my least favorites we're back to the oval yeah but it's not as good no it's it's, it's more minimalist it's more simplified they have. Um, they've added stars for all of their wins. Um, the so it's two stars now. So that would that be twenty league wins then? Yes. Okay. Um, they have gold, white, black, gold, but no blue. Um, which uh, my favorites are just the black and white, but I like. I feel like if it's gonna have gold, it has to have blue for this, me. This this looks very eighties, like late eighties too, like like design. Everything late 80s into the 90s became very sober mm. um, and uh, uptight. And I, th- and I think yeah. this has that vibe to it, you know? The, for me, what really gets me on this one is the lack of clarity in what I believe is a bull. <laughs> but it really is hard to tell. Like we've he gone from so lumpy bull to like, is it a bull or is know. it a zebra? It kind of looks like the uh, candlestick from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> You're right. Maybe it's just a welcoming thing. This is or the like a banana, decade. <laughs> yeah. It's it it you know, the the intentional simplification is something reminiscent of a lot of illustration design 
from that time, especially looking at the crown, how it almost looks like a monopoly. Oh yeah, piece oh. very. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's just fine. It's it's, it's better than the next one, I think. It's uh, yeah. It's definitely better than the next one. This is like we got Photoshop. This <laughs> right. The Juventus designers got Photoshop. <laughs> I would classify this as the first truly terrible one. Yeah. Um. This has a high douche level. I would say. <laughs> I I described it as Photoshop one hundred and one. It's got embossing, yeah. yes. uh, uh, gradients. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that this golden arch across the middle the underline kind of looks like a mcdonald's arch oh yeah i mean this yeah if if this looks like a emblem for a knockoff brand of scooter <laughs> that's what it looks <laughs> like, like a push it's scooter like, oh, no I'm like, <laughs> oh you couldn't afford a vespa you got oh. you got a juventus <laughs> oh. it's just awful <laughs> We don't have to spend too much time uh, on that one. No, it was think. bad. Yeah. What's interesting is that this is the logo they had when they were really in their hot streak, when they had all of those yeah, league wins. All the way through 2017. Uh, yeah. And they just had to have this thing. No, they did have other versions of this that were in a 2D version and versions with stars. Okay. Because you always have to have versions yeah. with stars. So then we get into um, uh, the biggest controversy, okay. which is the modern logo, the 2017 to today well, 2017 well, to 2020. A, yeah. Um, it was the double J um, with Juventus across the mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this this was called the by some of the biggest redesign in football history. Fans slammed it. Um, and the reasoning behind this, according to club president Andrea Agnelli, Oh, beautiful. <laughs> this, is, this is like a Duolingo course. Go ahead. <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> Farfelli. Um, <laughs> yeah, just say some more Italian. <laughs> Gnocchi. Um, <laughs> anyways, he said in a press conference announcing this logo, we need to define not only a sense of belonging to something, but also to define Juventus's style, which can relate to certain targets, such as children, women, youth. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like an AI written I statement. know. Well, I'm sure it was translated from Italian. Yeah. Then he said, the new identity captures Juventus's DNA aesthetics and carves into the sharp lines of an iconic and essential sign, a bold and uncompromising approach which transcends the schemes and traditions of the football sector. It is bold. It was a I bold like departure. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah, I like it. I think if it weren't for the history of the all of the crests, I might like it. I think because um, I think it loses the sense of history with how modern it is. I'm not, I think it's a good modern logo, but um, there's something about the oval that I think they, by losing the oval, they lose a sense of history. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they, maintain i i guess when the logo is applied it's a logo it's not a crest that's the thing yeah and when you put it into design applications that can kind of support it as a juventus brand it makes sense like i've seen versions of it with like breaking up stripes on a shirt that looks really nice yeah and that feels really connected to juventus i don't know Going back to what he said about how this logo is supposed to relate to certain targets, such as children, women, and youth. As a woman, I don't, I'm not feeling it. Like, well, I think, I think maybe what's lost in the uh, translation is this is this is very much a contemporary logo. You can see it; it is clearly scalable. You know what I mean? It's identifiable. Mm-hmm. I would imagine at a lot of different levels. You don't have to worry. It's it's global. Mm-hmm, because that's true. It is not tied into a specific language. Um, well, with, in twenty in twenty twenty, when they lost the Juventus altogether, yeah. that's true. And then, 
I think that um, at this time is also when soccer fashion is really taking off and you can see it adaptable in a lot of different ways. So I could see why they did it. I like I like how bold it is. Um, I agree that it is cold, it's kind of cold, kind of corporate, but I like it when, when designers and especially entities take big risks. The one thing that's a little weird to me it, it feels a little fascist looking <laughs> because it's so stark and it just stark. the black and white. Um, and since you could project anything on it, it mm. it's just, there's a, there's a, the coldness to project it. It's anything a as well. Project yeah. anything on it, like a negative 15. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. oh, full circle. How do you say that in Italian? Uh, a negative 15. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Oh. <laughs> I am full oh. circle. But I do have to say, this logo uh, looks much better um, now that it's no longer worn by Ronaldo. But Juventus, that is a fascinating um, evolution and is pretty, but it is gone through a lot. I, mm-hmm. I would love if they just brought just the chunky bull back bites <laughs> and they like change the nickname like we're the we're the chunky bulls uh. <laughs> well one they we're do like a chicago bulls head but like chubby <laughs> <laughs> the, ch- the chicago bulls does have like really chubby cheeks it's because he's blowing he's angry okay. oh yeah he is yeah he's got that smoke coming up isn't it? um they do have now the j the zebra mascot who okay. is truly terrifying okay uh have you seen this mascot no, I'm, I'm. Oh, I have. Yes, he looks like um, the Toys R Us. Uh, if the for those of you who remember Toys R Us, the giraffe from Toys R Us, like his like his jerky brother or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't he? And then he's got yeah. that weird smile on. Oh, I don't. We we're gonna have to devote future pods to mascots because <laughs> one thing world soccer has not figured out it's mascots like have you seen manchester city's mascots they're like no they're i think they're supposed to be like aliens but they look like teletubbies but, oh no <laughs> oh they're i don't and their names are like bluey and i don't they're just really really awful well that was fascinating it is fascinating um did you have a favorite before we move on of these Juventus. of all the juventus logos Oh, besides lumpy bull. <laughs> um, oh, see, because I just made an argument for the oval, but I do really like the eighty-two to eighty-nine. Okay. Uh, like MTV horse, <laughs> horse zebra with the Juventus over top. Um. All right. Yeah. I think I like that. I think I like the uh, the current one. Like That's current. my favorite. Yeah. With or without the Juventus on top? Um, I like it without. Mm. I like it without. Fun fact, too, about the stars. Oh, I didn't even get into this. Go for oh it. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So in, what was it, 2006, um, there was... Of course, another scandal uh, that ended up <laughs> for the first time ever getting Juventus relegated to the second tier league. Um, this was the Calciopoli. <laughs> oh, oh. The, this is just... the Calciopoli scandal. Um, Hospitaliano. <laughs> oh yes. Um, where they were. They were never charged with anything, I don't think, but they were accused of tampering with refs and like making promises and like shady deals. And yeah. so they ended up being penalized and moved to the bottom of the table and then being relegated. And so, and they were stripped of a title. And so there was a time where they didn't use their stars because they were like, we're not going to use these for a while until we reach a certain point. Okay. Um, so because they had one or two questionable title wins, um, it took them a while to get that third. Cause they were like, what is, what is 30 wins? Is 30 wins as many as we think we uh, have, or do we have to get 32? Okay. <laughs> 
That was good. That's the story of Juventus. Very good. Well, um, I picked kind of a equally as historic, um, but currently slightly less successful um, club. I don't have any visual aids for this, so you might have to okay. share your laptop screen. Yeah. So I decided to go with Sheffield Wednesday. So they are in um, the third division of English football. I watched them play today. They did play today yeah. in the FA, and they ended up tying, so they will have to replay that match. But I picked this just because I f- find their current logo, which I will describe, uh, just, it's odd. It seemed odd to me. Um, so their current logo is a blue um, shield. And at the t- it's very kind of Camelot-esque, English looking. There is kind of an old English S and a W at the top. And then there is a really funky wavy branch in the middle and on perched on that branch is an owl where you only see one of its uh one of its feet or claws i guess of an owl talons uh, talons <laughs> the owl talons on the on the branch they have very sharp talons and the the owl is standing sideways but its head's turned to look out and it has these really uh, cartoonish yellow eyes and the way it's drawn looks always looks crisscross to me because like the kind of underside of the owl looks more like its wing like it's crossing itself like he's covering himself or something <laughs> like that um it's a nice blue with it is a nice like blue. a gold yellow accents um and then underneath there is um a banner and it says i should i i my pronunciation is not as good as um maria's but it's concilio et animas um and that means wisdom by wisdom and courage oh wow yeah it doesn't say how many looks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> it does. It is. Okay, so it's, it's essentially the Tootsie Pop owl. Yeah, it reminds me of the Tootsie Pop owl. Um, and it stood out to me. Uh, I chose it because uh, it seems a little old-timey, but you get that with some of the lower division teams. And I was just curious, so I decided to pick it. Um, now, Sheffield is a very interesting club because it is one of the original um, football clubs in England. Well, they're one of the oldest uh, clubs in the world, really, um, going back to the 1860s. Um, that's like Civil War. That's yeah. like these guys are just playing cricket and football well, while America's arguably like... arguably the second football tournament of its, of its kind in 1868, the Cromwell Cup. They were founding members of the Football Alliance in 1899, so they were there when it all started. The rules were made. Um, and then they were joining the Football League three years later. They were founding members of the Premier League. So in 92, when the Premier League started, they were up in the Premier League. Um, they have uh, most of their history in the top flight, um, but they are going through a tough time wow, now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are known as the Owls. So they have an owl on their crest. And um, one possible reason for that is that they play in Hillsborough Stadium one of the most historic stadiums in England, and that is in a suburb of Sheffield called Owlerton. Owlerton. It's very Harry potter What's an owler? An an owlerton. That's how you'd say it in America. So it'd be like owl, owlerton. Oh, erton is... It's like what you add to the end of the place. I think it probably means owl place. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, but there's also some discussion that an early player actually gifted the team a stuffed owl, and that's uh, and they've at different times been called uh, the pigs. When, when too. you said stuffed owl, I was picturing like an owl plushie, but I realized you mean like a taxidermied <laughs> yes. owl. Yes, in, in, in 1800, <laughs> Sir John Soforth presented an owl plushie to the board, <laughs> um, and of course they are. Uh, they are neighbors and big rivals of Sheffield United. Um, they have at different points been in the top flight. They have won. Uh, they have won the league. They have, uh, you know, all sorts of accolades. Um, they have been languishing in the lower levels <sighs> recently. This is kind of the same old sad story, man. Um, but they, you know, they had a, a really strong run um, at the top, and you know of the English pyramid. It wasn't called the Premier League at that time. And actually in 
I believe 19, was it 85, they qualified for, for their first European competition, UEFA, UEFA competition. Um, and this ties into your club oh, a little bit. Another one. <laughs> they, they were not able to compete because all English teams were banned from European competition because of a match between Juventus and Liverpool um, in which numerous fans died when uh, there was fighting between the sides instigated in that case by the Liverpool fans. And that was also the time of hooliganism in English football. Um, But it's because of that game with the zebras (laughs) that blocked... uh, Zebra. (laughs) With your Italian... Um, that blocked the, that blocked them from competing that level. So anyway, they're in the third division. They did play in the FA Cup today. Um, uh, interesting thing about uh, the stadium, it was also, Hillsborough was one of the stadiums that was used in the 1966 World Cup in England. Oh. Yeah. So it's it was at its time, at that point, one of the largest stadiums in the country. And it's still pretty big, especially when you're looking at it compared to other uh, third division teams, mm. like whatever that team Leeds played today, <laughs> it's quite a bit larger <laughs> that than that. Fantastic, adorable, idyllic stadium. And you get a sense from researching Sheffield that um, because of its history and the size, it's a big club, it still is a big club, um, and that it's an important club. Like mm. there's people who've been following it for generations. It has that level of support. And I don't doubt that at some point they'll see themselves back at the top of the table. Um, so it's a very interesting club. I might have to pay attention to their to their games now that I, I've researched them a little more. I'm sure some of you listening, of our two listeners, know much more about them than I do. Um, but I was fascinated. But I was, uh, before we started, Marie asked me, you know, why are they called Wednesday? And it's pretty straightforward because they were formed as a balance for the uh, cricket team. And they needed uh, something to stay in shape in the off season. So they started a football club. The cricket team met on Wednesdays and they were called Sheffield or Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and so the, uh, when they started this football club, they carried over the same name. And the reason they are called Wednesday is because the only day of the week the cricket players could meet to train or play was on Wednesdays. So it was a, a club that met on Wednesday. <laughs> um, so, so it's straightforward. Like Sheffield, that's the town. That's the major town oh, represent. It's and Wednesday. We, we play on Wednesday. <laughs> so Sheffield Wednesday. I always, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I was also really uh, amazed by the evolution of, of, their, uh, of their crest. So their first, um, their first crest, um, uh, their first uh, crest often shown is a very interesting detail. There are two scantily clad men on either side <laughs> of, a, uh, of a shield, which has a number, uh, which has a bow with a number of arrows crossing which way over. Oh, look at that. Three, uh, <laughs> three crests of wheat. One of the men has a Viking hat on and an axe. The other um, is uh, an anvil. So um, I didn't go too much into that. Um, I, I, you think these are the Greek gods of, of, of some sort, perhaps? You think Norse? Norse, maybe. I don't know. Uh, they're showing a lot of thigh. There's a lot of thigh. There's a lot of, um, they're kind of um, casually leaning, lounging on the crest on top of which is a knight's helmet. And on top of that knight's helmet, there is a, um, a lion uh, holding a, another crest. So it's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's a lot of detail. It's not, it's not really great. It, and the version we're looking at is a very photoshopped uh, recreation mm. of it. There is a lot of energy there. There's some energy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that was, you know, up until 1956. Uh, uh, prior to that, they did use... Um, Wait, until when? 56? Yeah. Well, no, no, that was used in 1935. Um, and then I think that they used a variation of the town's... Uh, the town's... Oh. 
Alerton as their as their badge. And then in 1956, they introduced what is their current, basically their current badge today, which I explained a moment ago. Um, and it makes sense that that was designed in the 50s because it is that kind of stylized medieval look, which was very popular at that time. Think about um, Sleeping Beauty, the Disney movie. There was that fascination with the stylized mm-hmm. knights and all that. It has that look to it. And they have that from 1956 to 1970. And then talk about big changes. They did a pretty dramatic change themselves. So they, because you know, the world of football was much smaller and kind of more innocent back then. They wanted to change the look of their logo. So they put out a competition ah. in, the, in the local newspaper, you know, area soccer club, area, sorry, area football club. Uh-oh. Ne- needs, <laughs> needs new design, new logo. Um, they, it was a competition and got a lot of attention. And it was won um, by an 18-year-old uh, designer. Um, and... He presented an incredibly stylized drawing, linear drawing of an owl. And this looks like, so I'll try to uh, explain it. It's very thick, the same width lines all the way through. You have almost a full circle, like three quarters of a way circle um, at the top of what is clearly a simplified owl shape. Across the circle is a line with a little triangle underneath for the for the beak, and then two s- circles for the owl's eyes. And then, like I said, there it is a teardrop shape, I would say, like an inverted teardrop shape for the owl's body, and then a rather large talon. The talon. <laughs> a rather large talon coming down. To me, it reminds me of a lot of logos I saw growing up and would associate with like public libraries or different municipal things. Um, So it is definitely 70s and um, very minimal, especially when you see what it it jumped from, which was that very ornate design that I mentioned uh, at the beginning of, of talking about them. I bet that was a very exciting departure for them. Well, I think in the 70s, it you know, yeah. really made sense. It probably felt very modern. And I know that a lot of fans really loved it because it's really bold. You know, it mm-hmm. really stands out. Um, and it, ironically, a lot of the ways we talked about with the, the Juventus crest of how adaptable it is, I would imagine this would be more of what I would think a contemporary badge or logo because you could use it in a lot of different ways. There's mm-hmm. no text. It's straightforward. 84, they made a few slight um, changes. They added uh, colors, so the outline was now yellow. The eyes were filled in. Uh, It was on a blue ground, and then they um, put the initials SWFC underneath it uh, for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Um, And then that's what they had until 95. So really, they had this simplified owl from 1970 to 1995. Um, And then in the 90s, we talked about maybe things being a little more conservative, regressive. They go back to um, a very traditional, I would say, badge. So it is the same elements as their current badge, the one with the owl on the branch, but done in um, in a style that I think is derived from um, Sheffield, the, the town of Sheffield's own crest. Mm. So cool. I would say it's a very... Um, it looks like a municipal crest. So the owl is central, um, staring straight out, uh, not the, the, the kind of the jaunty side look. <laughs> <laughs> no, over the shoulder. Again, on very stylized <laughs> uh, branches. And then on each side of the owl above the branch is SWFC. Um, there is the, uh, across the top, Hillsborough, the stadium they play. And then underneath it says Sheffield Wednesday. So they really cover their name like f- like three different times. It's wow. like we a little are. redundant. And then 97. That's, that one, like it, it, relating to that, um, the crest with the, the over the shoulder owl. Yeah. It's like it, but it's lacking the same cartoonish whimsy. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing, there's, the it's stiff the one they have now that they originally used in 56 is is there's something so peculiar about that owl yeah. it draws attention it's quirky and then the really bold 70s design yeah. is also unique this is policey pretty yes yeah, very policey yeah it's one of the most 
badgy shaped. It's yeah. right up there with Leeds. Leeds and uh, Sheffield Wednesday could both be police. Even the, the shape of the shield is very policey. It's got a peak at the top, kind of rounds out the edges before the single peak at the bottom. Yeah. It is three stripes, blue on the sides, white down the middle. Um, and then the the initials, SWFC on each side are in yellow on the blue ground. Um, and then the owl in the middle is blue on the white ground. Um, and then in 97, they basically keep the same thing. But again, they got Photoshop, so now it's vectored and it's just a single color. Um, more of almost you know, like a deep blue, but almost almost a purple. Um, mm-hmm. And then in 99, they kind of merged the two. Uh, they brought the uh, the simplified owl back in to the crest. Uh but inside, it's encased now in that very badge-like crest over very large initials SWFC, just written once this time, <laughs> and then the established 1867. I do not like that one. And then um, when a new owner came in in 2016, he brought back essentially that 1956 logo. Um, the owl is now a little larger um, and the branch is smaller. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same. Um, and that's what they have today. And there is there is controversy, I think, like there is with all club crests or badges, is that there's a large segment of the uh, fan base that wants to return to what they thought was a very distinctive um, design in that uh, in that owl. And I don't know. I like both. I like both. I, I like the quirky cartoon owl. It's just so bizarre. Yeah. It's um, so unique. I like... Th- I like it for that reason too. And I like the bold minimalist one. I do not like that combo one. Yeah. That one seems like a compromise. It's like, Oh, we can have a little bit of the bold one, but we can bring in the crest. That it seems very sterile, doesn't it? Yeah. It, singular, just single color. And I don't like the, the font they use there, the typeface. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, serif heavy. I don't mind a serif. I just think the, what I think it's that, the combination of it, the it minimalist like with the serif. Yeah. I think if you're going to have such like a modern minimalist logo or icon to have a serif font just doesn't really match. It has, again, the municipality feeling, but in a bad way, because I think what also has hap- happens a lot in cities is someone introduces a bold design at some point. We're both from a city where for a long time, the city emblem was a Calder sculpture. <laughs> And we, I grew up and it was like a very simplified style. And over time, people are like, oh, I don't really like that. It seems, it seems too simple, whatever, but we have it, so we have to use it. So they start applying it to in other forms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like instead of a complete design, it starts just to be the symbol of the town. And then they plop it in, say, a crest or plop it in something else. Um, so this just looks like a weird compromise. Mm. Looks like maybe like a birding club or something like that. Yeah. So, but I thought it was interesting. And I think what I loved about this crest is well, there's so many things I think that, uh, especially American fans, really love about um, football, especially English football, I would say, but European football, is that there's so much history with all these clubs, um, history that that is absent in a lot of our culture broadly and really the only barrier for kind of entry into that history is is to become a supporter and you get a sense that somehow you're tied to this bigger thing even if you're not from that community even if you're not from that that country you're able to just by your allegiance somehow get that feeling of i'm part of this long history with these quirky stories um, I mean, there's so many straight, like, um, old, old, like historical football stories with Sheffield that are, um, are, are so funny. Like the first game they ever played was against, um, a team called like the, uh, the mechanics. Cause I think they were just mechanics. They're just mechanics. <laughs> um, they're, they're, uh, Darby with, with Sheffield, uh, United, I think it's called like the steel Darby, Ooh. um, you know, it's like I just feel like there's all sorts of weird stories, and I'm sure there's, um, you know, 
they're also sometimes called the pigs. Why? And there's a rumor that the grounds of, of the stadium was also a slaughterhouse. And people Ooh. say, no, Sheffield United start calling us the pigs. As they, <laughs> they made up that story. And like, so no, there was a, a slaughterhouse somewhere nearby. Yeah, no one can so guarantee anything. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, all so long ago. But, you know, then I watched them for the first time today. And, <laughs> and uh, I need a little help. But <laughs> it, was, it, was not a, it was not a real rip-roaring uh, game, I have to say. But... It was good. Did you learn anything about that? Oh, I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting one. And I also love that, and I like to bring this up to people when they get the whole football soccer conversation. When they started, they did call, Sheffield started, they were an association football club and they called it soccer. It was soccer. It was soccer. It was soccer. It Um, was soccer. I try to be a neutral party in this debate. I don't want to take sides, (laughs) but... Like, technically, soccer, English word. So, yeah. So, that Sheffield, I, this was really interesting. I think it's a really good way to um, learn a lot about different teams. And, lo- and like, think for this, design. like, European history and design history. And yeah. Yeah. So, I'm wondering, like, if maybe the next couple of weeks we just randomly pick a country and then each pick a team from that country and and go with and it go with it yeah until we until we've covered the, <laughs> the whole world <laughs> or until every, we get tired of it <laughs> every club in the whole world yeah so why <laughs> i can't get over the the two gentlemen with thigh slits <laughs> in the Let's, here, you know what? Hold on, give me a second. Go back to the thigh slit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so interesting that the what we're calling the the slit crest, <laughs> the thigh slit, the crest. thigh slit, was um, <laughs> was not their original. Uh, the their original was a, was very similar to what they have now. The thigh slit um, crest, as we've so named it, <laughs> um, I think. Might have just had to do with the with the FA Cup final that they were in that year. I don't know, but I'm gonna guess that the um, that it was. I know that it was just used for a year, um, a very special year, and it has to do with the FA Cup. That's for sure. And then I also think that those are probably very realistic portraits of the owners at the time. Oh, that's probably it. It's just a commission. <laughs> portrait so <laughs> for their office if you're curious about um you know seeing any of these we'll we'll post them along with the podcast at the website uh, on our website which is the footymuseum.com and you can find out what else we're doing the footy museum is a project uh, marie and i are working on that is actually a exhibition um that will focus on things like these crests that we highlighted today and all the stories that surround yeah the game that is played all over the world, the game of association football known as soccer. Uh, So I think we will be back next week and we will be delving into the designs of two different clubs from somewhere else in the world. Should we just randomly pick now? Yeah, let's do it. This is... Okay. And I'm just... I pulled up a, um, a random country... Generator? App. Um... (laughs) And um, a map <laughs> app, a map app. <laughs> and next week we will be diving into two clubs from Serbia, Serbia. <laughs> the Serbian football league. So the Serbian Superliga and the current clubs are, oh boy. Pronunciation is going to be oh, tough on this one. We thought Italian <laughs> was tough and English was tough. Now we have to do. Oh my! Okay. Well, I'm not going to try to uh, say these right now, but there are there are teams. There are teams. Yeah. There are. And so we will learn more about them next week. <laughs> <laughs> this should be really interesting. Oh no! Here we go. I have heard of Red Star. Okay. 
Hey, it says okay uh, on partisan, there. That's great. Um, there, a lot of red. I'm wondering if we might, there might be some interesting histories here. I'm okay. already liking what I'm seeing. Oh, wow. Look at this. Yeah. Russian influences. Ooh, boy. I've seen this one before. Okay, Banat. Oh. Spartak. Okay. Very different from what we talked about this week. All right. Well, I look forward to it. Me too. I'm liking these. All right. So we'll we'll talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs) This is not smart list. Okay. Bye. (laughs)